0: This podcast is scheduled for one fall. With a 60-minute time limit coming out of the black corner to a combined weight of 666 pounds, according to you from the Rose Bowl. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is... I'm Bobby B. And once again, we're bringing another edition of the... Wrestle I'm gonna go ahead and apologize ahead of time for any flubs like you just heard. Um, I'm sick, but we haven't been here in a while, so we had to knock this out. It's a new year and we are reflecting on the past year, doing it a little different. So Bobby-
1: I do enjoy your smoky voice, Sandra, though, I swear. I mean, if we were in a piano bar in the basement in New York City, you'd fit right in.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, it has been a minute. We we postponed this because we we did want to watch kind of the end of the year shows that big promotions were running. I got to say I was a little disappointed in SmackDown. I felt like the match of the night was probably uh, Sokoa versus um, um, Sheamus. Yeah,
0: that was a good match.
1: That was a good match. Hard hitting. And then it was awesome.
0: He was
1: everybody on and uh, you know, Drew McIntyre came back in, made the save. A little bit of three line continuity with him and Sakoa. So I like that. Um, The Cena thing was a joke. Like just, it was basically gaslighting. It's like he he basically got like beat up, came in, he did the five moves of doom and that was about the extent of that. So I was disappointed. Uh, Sami Zayn did eat the pin, and the Bloodline story continues. Um, AEW. Uh, I think really the highlight to me is the Death Triangle. Yeah, and
0: that goes without that, saying. Those those series of matches have been nothing yeah. short of awesome
1: yeah, and I like how they just keep escalating it a little bit by little yeah. bit by little bit. Yeah, this one and was it's false like, town anywhere, yeah. And it's like
0: you know it's gonna go to seven. no, oh, yeah, that, that I knew that but when the score was zero to zero, like
1: right. But the matches are still good. I would say maybe the one thing is like they all kind of have the same like cadence and rhythm, and you're dealing obviously, you're dealing with all the same talent, right? Yeah, and they all do what they do really well. so. Uh, but overall, I think like when we look back at it, we're going to there's just like there's so many good spots, so many cool little like intricacies of storytelling. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and I got to say, like, I didn't I we got to start because I know you're probably the most stoked about it. But. Queen Charlotte, title number, title Four- reign number
0: 14, babe. 14 and I felt like this was an audible because the Ronda Rousey title reign was going so bad that they're like, fuck, we got to do something. And that just, it just seems like an audible. And so I wasn't really too pissed off about it because that thing's been a snooze fest, but um, yeah, I just, I just hope that someone that the next person that takes the title offer, because we know it won't be a long run that they're actually going to be viable and they can put some like, you know, some a stamp on the belt that makes it worthy.
1: Yeah. And it's what, it's like, one thing I thought is like, you know, you talk about all the time. It's like, she just came in and like, it wasn't even really a match. I get like, and they tried to do this. Like they tried to protect Raquel with the busted arm. And like, you know, right. she really still like, it was a good match. She kind of, she was kind of dominating, but you know, run Rousey got the interference with Baszler and was able to capitalize and get the tap out.
0: But, like, it kind of buries her. Yeah, the, I didn't have a problem with the match because I think Raquel is good. I agree. And, uh, and they and and she, tried to protect her. Yeah, she even carried Rousey to a good match because Rousey's not good. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I knew what the outcome was going to be, but I just wanted to see how it would turn out. And then with Charlotte coming in, and it's like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. You know, so wrestlers just book title matches. That's how it goes, right? The wrestlers just book title matches. They don't have, they couldn't they can even have Adam Pearce come out and be like, hey, book the match. So I thought that was just really trite. And I mean, I'm not upset to see Charlotte back because they need her right now, especially on SmackDown. Like, they need someone like her. So... I'm actually open to it. You know, you guys call us like haters for certain wrestlers, but you know, we know when they're needed. Yeah. Time and place thing too. Right. Like that's the thing. It's like Rousey wasn't
1: getting the job done. Sasha Banks obviously is not walking through that door. Cause she's in Japan
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's like, who are you going to bring in? I think Charlotte was,
0: it was an interesting, it was an interesting, uh, interesting swerve. And the thing is too, despite we don't hate Charlotte. We hate her booking. Exactly. So, so Charlotte is good. She's very good. She can carry the division. She has before. So the division, the division in the, in the SmackDown is in shambles right now. So Charlotte's. This is a perfect opportunity for her to kind of like pick it up and like revitalize it.
1: I agree. I agree. And obviously, I think AEW has got a little bit more steam behind it. They're building toward Royal Rumble, which is really the start of the WrestleMania season. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit more in our previews of 2023. Um, But yeah, overall, I mean, I think we had the, uh, I mean, we've had a couple other things going on, but generally speaking, I think let's just jump into the, to the kind of year in review. And one of the things I put is like 2020 much like 2021 and 2020, obviously this is a tumultuous year, but I think in like, different reasons. I feel a lot of the tumult was made by really the, the leadership of the two major promotions and how they handled certain things. Um, number one, I would have to say, and I think this is probably, this, just, this is a huge sports media story, corporate story. You have a publicly traded company, WWE, whose CEO resigns in the face of Wall Street Journal investigation, investigative reporting about you know, affairs, possible rapes, payoffs, all these things. And it's like, what? That was in June. And all of a sudden, Vince McMahon, the leader, the staple of probably professional wrestling, at least modern professional wrestling,
0: certainly gone. Just gone. Yeah, he's out. He is out. And, you know, he and the thing is, Triple H and Stephanie and Nick Khan take the helm from him. And we've seen more good than bad from it which is actually refreshing.
1: Yeah, I was looking. So he resigned uh, in, in, uh, on June 17th, uh, shortly after the stock was selling, W stock was selling at $60.31. As of, the, as of uh, the end of this year, it was trading at sixty-eight fifty-two, A little bit down, the whole stock market's down over the last couple of weeks, but a high in November was at $80.71. So he got once he law, once he was removed, Triple H and Stephanie and Nick Khan come in. You see investors backing the company even more, which is crazy, right?
0: Right, right.
1: But at the same time, I mean, you look at what they've done, and I think like it shows that, you know, for wrestling, and this is probably something Tony Khan should look at. It's like your creative decisions affect your business. Decisions and your business
0: opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why these people that always say that, oh, they're making money uh, in spite of themselves. It's like, but it's like for how long? You know, those are TV contracts. Those are like Saudi Arabia deals. You know, they don't have to give give you those contracts again. They don't have to pay you that much money again. So you know that that thing only lasts for so long.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also one of the things that is intriguing to me is like, you know, I feel like wrestling with WWE had such a monopoly. It was less about like, it was more about the whims of Vince. Right. And he had his like upper lieutenants and now it's flipped so much because now it's like relationships of triple H which are really different because of his, his involvement with NXT. Right. right. Like, I would say, for instance, Kevin Owens had a pretty awesome year. And a big part of that was because Triple H was calling the shots. Yeah. Triple Not H- saying that Kevin Go had ahead. been featured under Vince, but I feel like you, this iteration of Kevin Owens and this program, it's like, that's because that's that relationship.
0: Well, you can tell who the Triple H guys are. And you can tell with the people who have been brought back, which we'll get into later, we, you can tell with how, you know, bookings going and everything like that. So yeah, that, that's just what's going to happen in every kind of like business. You're going to have guys that like certain people. You're going to have guys that, you know, aren't as high up on people as you know, as others are. But I mean, the thing is, a good thing about this is Triple H has his ear to the ground and he knows like who the fans like and Triple H knows talent as well. So he's giving these guys more of an opportunity than they would have, say, if Vince was still in charge of the company.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I would say is like, there's a lot less stories about SmackDown scripts
0: being ripped up on
1: Friday morning.
0: You haven't really even heard anything like that, honestly do you guys, no. you haven't heard anything
1: which as a writer as a creative writer i imagine that must be just like you may not love the story you're working on but at least you know that once it's locked in and you got it in like you're not gonna have to worry about and his talent too like now you can like oh cool i know this is our match that we're gonna have on smackdown let's plan it out let's have a good match right, right. like hey apparently in Two hours, we're going to wrestle. Let's try to figure something out. You know? And
0: you can tell when the script's been ripped up, too. You don't even have to read the backstage like ongoings of what happened because, you know, it's. you can just tell when you slap shit together. Exactly.
1: But, uh, I agree. I totally agree. But I know one person who's not coming back to WWE, despite all the rumors, I feel. And that is one CM Punk.
0: Oh, this guy.
1: I know, man. And I think that's one of the biggest, like of all the things that have upended the wrestling industry in 2022, the CM Punk fallout. The I guess it was a match made in heaven for about a year. And then old Phil like rubbed some people the wrong way. And I understand his gripes, but he obviously went into business for himself as well. Yeah. And then just the whole catastrophe, the cascading bad decisions that were made by everybody post all out. Uh, and this now it's like, it's crazy. It's like that still overshadowed everything AEW has done this year to that point. Yeah, because it like it's a, still
0: about CM Punk. It was a big it was a big get and it was supposed to kind of catapult them higher sure. to where they were. And so CM Punk is just a pissed off guy. And so when Stuff doesn't go his way. He gets upset. I don't see what went. I don't know. I'm not back there, so I don't know what didn't go his way. He just won the title from Hangman Page, and he got mad at um, Page's promo. And we had this going on with the Young Bucks and the uh, Kenny Omega. So, so
1: on the Colt Cabana thing, which like. Is that what set him off? Colt Cabana worked for. Colt Cabana worked for AEW before CM Punk signed. Yeah. Cold command of being there should not have been an issue or it should have been something that was addressed when you, when you were negotiating with CM Punk. Right. Like that was some shit. Like why did that come up? Like, why was that even an issue? And the second thing I would say, and this is, we're not back there. This is coming from the dirt sheets, but like, yo CM Punk, you haven't been in the game for years. Don't walk backstage and start telling everybody they need to listen to you. That's the thing. Hangman Page is a fucking AEW world champion who had one of the best feuds and one of the storylines in the last 10 years of wrestling, this payoff of him taking the title off the belt collector, Kenny motherfucking Omega. And for CM Punk to come in and basically shit on all these people like, I'm the fucking man. Really, what I feel is like coming in with like, oh, pipe bomb promo. It's like, you haven't done shit for so long. Yeah. come in with exactly. some humility come in with some humility. And it doesn't seem like that happened. I'm not in the back, like you said, but that's certainly how it seems. And he certainly hasn't shown any humility since. So, you know, God bless the guy. Like he's got a comic book story. He's got some ice cream shit, whatever it is. I'm sure he makes good money and. He whatever, does. But... So
0: just stay away from wrestling since it can't treat you right. And nothing's ever making you happy. So yeah, definitely. And you're not going back to Ring of Honor, obviously, because... No, he's he's pretty much... I think he's pretty much blackballed (laughs) from here on out.
1: Yeah, I would say so myself. I would say so myself. And it sucks because it also, like, ruined... I mean, it just, like, sidetracked so much shit, right?
0: Yeah, there was was stuff that happened at that pay-per-view that was good, but nobody remembers it because they just remember the media skirmish after it, which was like... And I sat there and watched it, and I was like, what's happening right now? That's what, that's all I kept saying to myself. I was like, what's going on? Why is this guy so mad? He he just won the world, he's won the world title, and he's
1: pissed. And you're pissed about your previous feud about some shit some guy said in a promo that literally not one IWC columnist, Dave Meltzer, us, anybody even said shit about. Right. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, Hangman Page is you know that that's like the cool angle so yeah exactly but it is what it is um this one i think is super interesting and that's why i put it in there one of the longest reigning wwe champions of 2022 was none other than i, I would say the wizard of the wizardess of the ring technical Technician Supreme, Mandy Rose. Yes. Held the title for four four days, over 400 days. And she dropped it it and got fired. She dropped it and got fired within 12 hours because she had some premium content that WWE, the company that did put on a panties match or lingerie match or whatever the fuck it was. They're like, no, sorry, Mandy. And they fired her. Now, here's the thing, right? This has been an ongoing problem with WWE. One of the reasons Adam Cole said he wanted to leave WWE was their kind of stranglehold on the wrestler's third-party content. Right. And it's like, how many more times is this going to happen? Because Mandy Rose... If you look, if you Google it, she basically said within like three days after getting fired, she made $500,000 on new subscribers <laughs> to her premium cuts. So yeah. it's like, I know Mandy Rose was holding the strap, but she was not making $500,000 in a no, year. with no, WWE, she wasn't. 100%. Let alone in, three, let so alone it's in like, three days. And I think it comes back to this thing, right? Like they're independent contractors who have non-compete clauses. They can't do this. They can't do that. That like I think it really this represents kind of like you know Zelina Vega right she had that issue where she was kind of cut because of that Adam Cole didn't want to give up his Twitch channel and it's like how many how much talent are is this policy going to prevent them from having in the future right now that I think they still have enough stroke got enough money that most people will be like cool I don't need to have a channel because I'm getting paid hundred fifty thousand dollars like show up to catering, I wrestle every now and then, right? But it's like, I mean, Mandy Rose, like, I guarantee Mandy Rose is gonna go to AEW and say, look, I've got 250,000 subscribers to my, like, I bring them with me. They're gonna watch me wrestle on your free TV. Like, she makes herself more valuable because of That's that. That's true. Right? I wanna
0: know who pays for this stuff, though. Just cause, like, I wanna know, like, the sustainability of it, like, how long they can ride it because yeah she got five hundred thousand dollars from you know because this stuff leaked out is it is that going to keep going you think
1: i don't you know i mean i don't know man i mean porn has always been a great
0: business yeah but you don't have to pay for it
1: (laughs) but but you have to pay for mandy rose that's true yeah if you already bought five hundred dollars worth of toxic attraction t-shirts and are showing up with Mandy Rose signs. Like, you know, there's a whole concept that if you only have a thousand people willing to spend money for your content, you can survive. Like I guarantee there's a thousand incels who are going to pay for Mandy Rose content.
0: Right. Right. You I just, I mean? it just uh, boggles my mind. Like people who pay for this stuff, but I guess there's a market out there for that. She just proved it
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, but what's crazy is like, like, obviously, hers was like, they're trying to portray like, oh, well, the content she was providing crossed the line. Which, again, I think is bullshit, right? Like, did, like, did, you see, did you
0: see the pictures? No, I didn't see any of the pictures. I, I, I saw the videos. They they weren't. I mean, crossing the line is like, that's a big stretch. So that that's just that's just in my opinion. Like, we've seen. I know WWE is a different company from versus when they were the attitude era, but, uh, um, yeah, it's like how many of their like, I know like what Sable was in playboy, right? Yeah. Sable was in playboy. China was in playboy, Tori Wilson, Sable, mm-hmm. like, uh, and then the, you know, Vince did have Trish Stratus on her knees, barking like a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but I, but I understand that it's different now. I get that. So all that aside, you know, but, crossing the line. I know they're marketing their thing towards little kids, but you know, who's going to find that unless you search for Mandy Rhodes nudes leaks, you know? Right.
1: Right. And on that, like you have to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. It's like, why are you mad? Like, and that's what it is though. It's, it's them continuing to exert control over these independent contractors. For those of you listening, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers. Like, it's just like continuing bullshit.
0: Yeah, because in WWE, you're not an independent contractor. No, you just are for their tax purposes. Their tax purposes.
1: I heard that Vince got that um, advice from his main man, Hall of Fame wrestler, DT, DJT. You can check out his tax returns all over the internet these days. <laughs> but anyways, moving on, one of the things, the things that I think is probably the most impactful to wrestling as we sit here at the end of 2022, beginning of 2023 is talent turnover. We've in the last 20 years, we have not seen anything like this.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, You said right here, WWE released 44 people in 2022. That's insane. That's
1: probably more people than impact has on their roster.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of people. You
1: know what I mean? And it's like, and it's it it's not all wrestlers they've also released referees and other officials yeah. and all sorts of shit so you know and it's like what i like i think about it most it's like you have Andrade like vince like you're out bro i don't like you cool you don't speak english good enough i can't handle you so he goes and he's in good programs in AEW right triple h gets the nod they make some phone calls all of a sudden he's Punching Sammy Guevara, who has a very punchable face. Check the archives. Yeah, always said that. We've said that, but still, like, so he's acting out to get released because he gets released to go
0: back. But who, who's to say that they'll bring him back? Like oh, nobody. But I mean, it certainly
1: changes what the booking is, right?
0: Yeah, true.
1: Like, I mean, I think there's a reason why Kevin Owens came out and said that, and he feels in his next contract, why wouldn't he sign with WWE? Right. Like why are you going to say like oh I want to go wrestle with the young bucks in my last contract and getting old like Triple H is going to be like okay fuck you bro you're not in this program anymore.
0: Yeah and and Kevin Owens has wrestled with the young bucks and stuff like that. So yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be anything new. And you know lots of like guys like him and AJ Styles they are featured well and they make good money there so I don't I don't blame them for staying. No, I don't blame them. All. Honestly they make the product better for better. Yeah. I'd rather like if if all the product, if all the guys we like are in AEW then how we're not going to, there's no way we can see all of them featured properly. So you can't even feature all the ones that don't like. Exactly. Exactly. So it makes both companies work harder, makes it better, makes me want to watch it because I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to watch Raw tonight because Kevin Owens is on there. And I'm going to watch AEW tonight because the Young Bucks and Death Triangle are going to put on a fucking another banger. So it just makes it, makes it more spread out.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's just like, it's good for the wrestlers. They need to get value for the services they provide. And I think like over the last 20 years, you see a lot of people who they're giving they're sacrificing just as much as the rock or anybody else physically and they're and they end up you know they just get like kicked to the wayside essentially because they have no recourse if the booking's terrible i mean without AEW where would john moxley be right like uh, probably just touring the indies Yeah, I mean, he would be doing fucking, what, just doing, like, a best of seven against Nick Gage for GCW. Yeah, GCW. But it's like, you know, and that's what's made it awesome. It's like, that's, you know, competition is, always makes things better, especially in a creative industry where people are looking, like, I feel that Malachi Black is far superior in AEW than he was ever presented
0: in WWE. Well, the WWE main roster. Because in true, because I think his best run was still in NXT. Well, there's a lot of people whose best runs were in NXT. So true, true. Okay. I think that's
1: a that's a, a better discussion for 2023. There we go. The last thing that I thought was super, you know, relevant in 2022 was the the actual Forbidden Door being open, where WWE talent appeared in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that was basically the good brothers and Mr. Anderson. And like that weird thing, because they, again, like we talked about challenge turnover, they had this whole thing going in AEW. Yeah. And they resigned, but they had already. And I think probably cause Vince was gone. And this is one thing that Nakamura said. And um, I don't want to get too much in the Nakamura muta match. Cause technically it's 2023. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. That's for Wrestle
0: Kingdom, right?
1: Uh, no, they just had it for Noah.
0: Oh, they did it for Noah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so they just had it. And um, yeah, when you get a second, you can I need check, check it out. There's, out. I haven't seen the full match.
0: Me neither. I thought Nakamura's
1: or... entrance is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: for some reason, I thought it was for Wrestle Kingdom. My bad. Oh no, um,
1: Wrestle Kingdom 17 is coming up 2023. We're going to have some banger matches with uh, Jay White versus Okada. Yep. and uh, we're gonna have Kenny Omega rematching against Osprey. God, that's gonna be good. I mean, that's all you need. You don't even need anything else. Those under- two matches right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but anyways, moving on. What I was saying is like we've had you know these partnerships, and really AEW especially with these Forbidden Doors, and they you know really peaked in what the um, the Forbidden Door pay per view pay per view. So, like, do you, when you look back on it and with, with the impact, like AEW and Impact of the partnership, AEW owning ROH isn't really like crossover. It's more like NXT to WWE yeah. to me, but like, was it successful? I feel like AAA, as you saw recently, they've taken back all their belts. Yeah. It wasn't successful for them. I don't think they got a bump. I did don't they think, think they did. Did they
0: take their belt back from FTR? Yeah. Oh, who, who beat them? Uh, um, I have to pull it up. Yeah, but as far as you're going, I think um it was successful for the bigger companies, not so much for the smaller ones, because like you said, AAA <laughs> took their belts back. Um, I think I think they should still keep doing it because it's not it's not just gonna take one time to have it succeed the way they want, but we'll have to see where time what time tells us with that.
1: Yeah, so basically uh, FTR uh, lost the AAA tag team titles to Dralistico and Dragon Lee, although nobody knows what's going to happen because Dragon, Lee Dragon Lee's know. in WWE now. WWE. I saw a really funny meme. It said, uh, Dragon Lee, brother to Keith Lee, and it was just like named all the wrestlers with last name Wood Lee. Lee. It was really funny because I read it. I was like, oh my God, he's really the brother of Keith Lee? I was like, no, <laughs> that's impossible. Okay, Jesus. Which is, that's the sign of a good meme. So. Yeah, but that's, it's like, you know, I think it's been super interesting. Uh, When I was researching for this podcast, this episode, and I went back and I looked to kind of how we thought that, that then the Forbidden Door pay-per-view went. And then I like, I saw everyone else, like overall, the actual pay-per-view was really, really good. Yeah. And I think really the problem with it, and this is probably more, was just the booking going up to it.
0: Yeah, that's what we talked about. You can check the archives. Yeah, Uh, it was like... And we said that, you know, despite the setup for this being lackluster, the pay-per-view is going to be good. And that's how AEW's run has been in 2022 with a lot of things. Very... Very milk toast setup, not getting you interested. But once the matches happen, they deliver, and they delivered for the most part. Um, I just wish there would be a nice balance because you're not going to get people like Bobby and myself uh, out there that are going to watch it because they know they're going to be good matches. You want to draw the average viewer has to be drawn in, so you have to make them want to spend their fifty bucks because you know it's different with Bobby and I. We have a lot of problems. Money's not one of them, so.
1: No, our addiction to wrestling, though, is. And then you end up watching all of these things. But, um, yeah, man, I guess we hadn't really planned it out. Uh, do you want to just roll in? Do you want to take, do you want to, th- we can throw in an interlude music in here. We can just move forward. Whatever you want to do, my man.
0: Um, let's, just, let's just roll that out. Let's go all forward.
1: right. The last of the last we've got, obviously, it's the end of the year. So what do we want to do? We want to recognize the year-end bests. Don't worry. Afterwards, we will talk about, and shit on some things i know that's what a lot of people come to us for but right.
0: we are mostly positive people and we're going to be positive and uh and um just to let you guys know we forgot to tell you this at the top this is going to be a two-part episode so the second part will be entirely consisted of cool shit the entirety of it so yes. this is
1: yes Yes, yes. There will be some wrestling stuff in the cool shit, but generally speaking, it will be the coolest shit, I mean, since the the 2020 snowstorm in Buffalo.
0: Oh, too, too soon? soon. Too soon. Too
1: <laughs> soon. God, It was so hot on Christmas Day. I, had oh, it was, I was sweating. I was wearing shorts. I know. It was insane. Insane. But anyways, year end bests. Let's do this.
0: Best Best. match of 2022. We have quite a few.
1: I know, I know. And I think all of them have a case, so this is fun because we'll just go through real quick. I love yours. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell, the reveal, the bruise. The the torn peck, The callback. The callback to his dad, Dusty, with the whole,
0: like everything about it.
1: Seth Rollins, just culmination of his year of being like one of if not the best wrestler on the planet. Um, but I don't think anything beats like when he took that shit off and it was like,
0: is that makeup? It's like, that's not yeah, that's not makeup. And I can't like imagine how much pain he must have been in wrestling a match and to make it a good match on top of it that. Was. The match was good. And I don't know. I've never torn a pack. Bobby, I'm sure he's never torn a pack. I don't know what kind of pain like that is, especially in a physically grueling work that these guys do of picking people up and dropping them safely. I can well, only and imagine. This,
1: and there was this chopping and the slapping on yeah. the said area. Yes. I've never had a bruise like that. No. no. So it's like, that was insane. I love that pickup. Um, you talk about chops, though.
0: Whew. Whew. Gunter. Seamus. Clash at the castle.
1: You know what it reminded me of? <sighs> It was the, uh, it was the, uh, I guess it was Walter and.
0: um, Uh, Elo Dragunov.
1: Yes, match. I think they made match of the year for us in 2020 with no crowd. All crazy. This one was better because that crowd was so hot. Yeah. For this match. And like, yeah,
0: he broke, he, he broke his skin with chops, dude. Gunther's got some, just some gnarly chops. Like. I used to love
1: Sheamus because I liked his YouTube show. I thought it was pretty boring as a wrestler. Yeah. I would say 2022. If he, we, I mean, we don't have it here, but like comeback wrestler of the year. Like, yeah. Sheamus is so relevant sure.
0: now. It's crazy. Yeah. I, 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 agreed.
1: So props to you, Sheamus. Yep. Um, you, I know, love the, like, you were the one who, these FTR Brisco's matches, dude. Like, they've
0: all been great. All three of them have been bangers.
1: Yeah, it's so good. I think that what the um, the death before dishonor one.
0: Yeah, was that was the last this- one? No, the last one was the last one was the dog collar match, which yeah. was good. But the I like be- I like death before that, dishonor match. Yeah, which was just like
1: I mean they're so good. They're both so good. They and have together. good chemistry.
0: They, yeah. they work well together.
1: When they set it up at the end of the year show last year when FDR came and challenged them and they brawled out, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what we love, listeners. We love the payoff of like setting something up in December and then following it through all the way three matches through the course of the year. So good. Yeah,
0: and there's got to and the thing is, look at this that and I won't get ahead but I'll explain it later, so it says you can do stuff like this without having the guys touch each other but having them come back reintroduce it and then put on a match. It's like, that's how you can do it. When, when you have two guys that, that work for different promotions and. Um, yeah.
1: And these ones I, like, so I love the Osprey versus Cassidy match. I just watched
0: it before we did this. No, that was a good match. It was a good match, but really the whole, I, don't, I won't, I have a hard time putting it up against the three that we've just talked about though.
1: I was going to say, cause I don't think it was a great match start to finish. I think people remember how good the ending was It picked up and at the ending is good. The ending end, is picked up at the end. And then I think there's a lot of wrestling fans who like the beginning. Like they did the echoes of the ricochet Osprey thing where he yeah. ends up. They yeah. do like, that's cool, but that's like a fan service thing.
0: Yeah. And, and lots of, and I don't know, only like the snarkiest of the snarkiest fans know that, you yeah. know, you're not going to catch anybody like, you know, that's like a, Fairweather fan that likes that, but whatever.
1: I know. I wanted to include Will Ospreay in this mix, and this is where I felt it was most appropriate. That's fine. And I did like this. I really liked the Usos New Day match for the longest. That was actually
0: a good match,
1: dude, because everybody knew the stakes were high. The crowd was super hot, and all the false finishes were appropriate. (laughs) Absolutely. So, and it's like, and if you are like us and you've been watching, for a long time they single-handedly the, these two teams carried the tag team division. They were generally just yeah. slapping fools together like hey you and you you're a tag team now boom. And New Day and Uso's really like they deserve that spotlight and I get it in the con- in the in the context of the bloodline. The Uso's went over and I like that, but I thought the match was great and then it's cool because when I was watching that on YouTube, they had the callback to when the Usos, they, the New Day had to be the Usos for Kingston to get the title shot and the Usos just forfeited. They didn't even wrestle.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like that whole thing is super cool and that's why I like that one. So that's why it made it in the rec. But I agree. I would say best two matches Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Goon Damus, hands down. Yeah. Like, they're just, those are the two best and you can nitpick. It's probably your style and you'll see There's no flips in either of these. Um, But I think they're both like just fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, they told good stories and they're just (laughs) they're just fun to watch matches. And especially I I keep going back to Cody Rhodes and uh, Seth Rollins. It's just like the props to give to Cody Rhodes for going out there because he could have easily been like, dude, I'm not wrestling. I'm going to I'm going to heal and rehab. But no, he came back and he worked that match and worked his ass off. So did Seth Rollins. And that's why they're up there.
1: Indeed. And I don't have any qualms with this one because I agree. I think the Survivor Series this year, and we go back to storytelling, I think that's what made it
0: so good. Right. Uh, And I think both War Games matches were great. I thought so, too. I mean, it was just a good pay-per-view, or I'm sorry, a premium live event from top to bottom with one match that wasn't good. But, you know, it was for the most part, everything was good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I don't think we can say that about any other one. And I went back and I looked at all the matches and
0: I looked at AEW too, like and nothing in AEW really topped that off. And 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 the thing is too AEW only has what, four pay-per-views a year?
1: Right, right. And I would also say I think it's interesting cuz I was going back and kind of looking at the notes and it's like when when we do the year-end things it's nice because we're not caught up in the moment. It's like, what do we remember is actually being impactful? What do we remember as being really good?
0: I I put it to like what comes into my head, like the first like run when I'm going, okay, best pay-per-view of 2022. Immediately it was Survivor Series. And Dude, to me- so Sammy,
1: The whole Sami Zayn ending, yeah. like and Everything to me, about it. Like,
0: it's just like, yes, you should do some research. And we do do research for when we're talking <laughs> about these things and stuff like that. But it's like, what stays in your head is like really the most important thing. And that's what I- what why they do these things that they do is so they, you can remember that survivor series was in November and we're in, here we are in January. And I still remember a lot of that pay-per-view.
1: Exactly. And I remember more so than the other ones. So, yeah. All right. We also agreed on this one. Um, And one thing I would say about this, and I struggled with this because, and I think this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, like some of the best feuds of AEW were ruined because they went eight episodes too long. Too long, yeah. They didn't put the bow on it. They didn't have the definitive end, right? There was, and no I think payoff. that's why, like, one of the best feuds that didn't make it. But I'd say I liked the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy feud. It was tight. It had a, it had an antagonist. It with with Edge and everything. It was the the dastardly turn on the hero, and it it had a definitive end. Like, yeah, Jungle Boy beat Luchasaurus in the cage, done. Like, that's what After, I like.
0: And tapped him out, right? right. That, and that's yeah. why I like this
1: Briscoe's FTR, though, too, because this wasn't about an ongoing story. This is just like, we hate you, you hate us, let's fucking fight.
0: Yeah, we just want to see who the best is, right? And, um, and that's
1: why, and sometimes and they, if that fills the three boxes, why yeah. are they fighting? Because we
0: hate each other. Because we want to see who, yeah, because we want the titles. And, uh, that's just what made it for me. And like the fact that these two, they two barely touched or had any interaction in between their matches is what made it even better. Cause it got you hyped up more. So when you saw the Briscoes on that video screen, you're like, Oh shit, it's on. And so, and then when they uh, fought at the ring of honor, pay-per-view, it was, there was, everything was left in the ring.
1: Yeah, it was really good. And, you know, I wish that, The Briscoes could get on some more mainstream platforms, but uh, we're, you know, what they do in the ring is second to none. Maybe only to FDR, and it was just it just a great trifecta of matches, a great feud. They were able to keep it going, like you said, perfect. I just loved loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it.
0: Yeah, best male wrestler of the year. I know. I feel like I need
1: to add one more just to just to round it out. We got to put them in here, right?
0: Yeah, we have to.
1: Yeah. So Basically, it is the three members of the Shield in 2022 are probably three of the best wrestlers on the planet,
0: or at least the most relevant things, in my opinion. Exactly. So let's go with let's start from the top. Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. I think I agree with you. I think being on the biggest
1: promotion, doing everything he did, Seth Rollins. His matches with Austin Theory, his just all of his feuds, his character, the drip god, like everything about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is he's gold right now. The ultimate pro wrestler. And he can, like, he's just as good as anybody in the ring. No, that we've never detracted him from that. No. But ever since he turned into this, uh, like you said, this vision, the visionary, the revolutionary. And God, whatever it is. Like, the crowd turned him babyface, like, because he was a heel. And he just, he got so over the crowd. And to me, I was done with him just because, not because of the tweets, just because he became a boring wrestler. I didn't like the Monday Night Messiah. Like, he was just boring. And uh, when he turned this and started acting like, almost like the Joker, uh, that's uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I thought it was fantastic. Like, he was... uh, I don't know. He puts on good matches, cuts good promos, has the crowd in the over. Yeah, puts people over. Like, really, really, really good year for Seth Rollins, especially. And he won. He only had the uh, he didn't. Oh, he won the U.S. title. I'm sorry. But he had it for a very short time. But for the most of the year, he didn't have any titles. And he was the most relevant wrestler, I thought, in WWE at the time.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I would say is like he, he fit every feud perfectly. Like it was like, Oh, I'm going to squash the up and comer. Before that he was the antagonist and like the rain storyline, like just everything he's done. It's just really like perfect. And yeah, just I mean, really good showing. Um, second one I what I said was post all out when AEW needed somebody. It couldn't be Chris Jericho because of how they booked him and that is who shows up the fucking John Moxley and that promo that I want to take the shot, I want to be legendary, that whole thing, like he single handedly, I think, really righted that ship and put it yeah. going forward in. And his involvement in Blackpool Combat Club and everything, I think just made him like his whole thing. And he had a title and everything about it. So like his I, matches yeah. are never gonna be as good as Seth Rollins. He's just that's not his style. He's not, not that really type of wrestler. Style. But everything else he does and does for that company, like I thought like, man, really showed his worth. Right. You know, like, and then dude, you can't knock Roman Reigns like, and
0: tribal chief. That's what I was that's what I was gonna say. I mean the biggest promotion too. And he's the guy hasn't been pinned in like three years. I know that's booking and everything, but I mean, he's just been putting on, he's just a different Roman reigns than from what we were used to seeing when he was a baby face. And then to be on to be fair, the bloodline gets mixed reactions. They get some cheers and stuff and everything like that. But I don't know. I haven't been really too high up on his matches because of, we you know what the outcome is going to be. But seeing the little in-between snippets of him and the bloodline interacting, that's the stuff that I enjoyed.
1: Yeah, and I do like, I like, I think he has, I think they found, like, his formula for what works in match, right? Like, and because he's a heel, he can work a little bit more dastardly. Like, what you saw on this, like, this last, granted, it was only, like, 10 minutes. Um, you know, he comes in unexpected. Like, he'll get you off, like, just, like, it works, you know? Yeah. He talks some shit on you in the ring, yells at you. He does the whole thing. Like, I think it just works. And I mean, honestly, like, you can't deny his impact. No,
0: no. With, I, like, I'm not his biggest fan, but, you know, we have to call it down the middle and, like, we see it. So, we'd be remiss if his name wasn't on this list. That yeah, and
1: on, honestly, if Cody Rhodes didn't get injured,
0: I think he'd be he- on the list on this list. Easily, easily.
1: But there, like, there are, this one is unanimous, and I think across every wrestling publication, podcast, there is no denying that the best. Yep. Like, just a great performance all year, making chicken
0: shit into chicken salad. Yeah, we're talking about Bianca Belair, right? Yeah the Hell yeah, est of wwe yeah she's been ever since even before she won the title back she was on a roll and then once the she once she hit that title run she was just leaving her stamp on everything and i think you know too with a lot of the other wrestlers coming back the horse women they just elevated her like with bailey and becky lynch and I it's a uh, Sasha Banks is the one that she, she beat for the title originally, so you know those three really did a really elevated her. Will, will Charlotte do the favors? But I, I doubt it. I'm not going to hold my breath. But she's on SmackDown, thankfully. So,
1: yeah, and I think that's the problem too. Though is like, so I would think like, uh, you know, honorary mention. I'm always a big fan of Britt Baker. I think she did a lot of good work this year. You know, but AEW, it's like they don't have a they don't have a consolidated storyline, and so it's like, and I yeah. don't know what they're doing with like Thunder Rosa, and it's weird. And then you get like you got Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm, and I don't know. It's like, and so it muddles the whole thing where no one really shines, everyone's muddy. You know what I mean? But like, definitely with WWE, they found a good spot for Bianca Belair, and I think they realized they kind of fucked up when they when they when she dropped the strap so quick to Becky Lynch and right. was, oh you're not ready. And it's like, no, man, she had that connection with the crowd. She was you ready. To push her. And not only that, it's like, she ran, she ran around with carrying Otis, bro. <laughs> right. You know, it's she's like, like,
0: she's their She's their prototypical cutout of what a WWE wants their wrestler to be. She's, oh
1: dude. She is like, she is a, a braided Hulk Hogan, female Hulk Hogan. Yeah, she could easily tell you to eat your vegetables and stay in school. And she's she's very like Co- Kofi Kingston esque because her her natural exuberance, yeah, like really, really translates. You know,
0: so it's like, I mean, I roll with it. She's awesome. No, yeah, she's absolutely, a specimen, dude. Yeah, she's a- I just i i i didn't really have to go back and forth with it too long because. I had the, cause unfortunately the list of female wrestlers that I had in my head was short Of the, what they did this year. Right. So, uh, you know, and with the amount of talent that they've had and I don't watch NXT, so I don't know about the wrestlers over there. So. Well, just I, check out the premium content. It's all you need to know, bro. I know. Right. <laughs> well, no. And that's what I would say too. It's
1: like, it's crazy. I think if we go back and you check the archives, like, we obviously in 2020 we did nothing but pump Bailey and Sasha Banks and the way that those female wrestlers carried WWE through the pandemic,
0: right? And right. And
1: we've been huge fans of Britt Baker. We definitely elevated the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match that was so like. And this year they just like I think both promotions just they failed in they, a lot of they, ways. They just their didn't female have, rosters.
0: Yeah, they just didn't have strong programs with their rosters. And it showed because, you know, you can't just put these wrestlers in a match without, you know, making a good feud. And, you know, the feuds were lackluster and some of the matches were like, unless you're talking about the female war games or, you know, anything with Bel Air or Bex or Bailey, you know, that, but that, that came more more later towards the end of the year.
1: And yeah, away. you got Rhea
0: Ripley, and she's not even, like, she's in a like, female program. She's pay, playing side chick to Dominic Mysterio.
1: Yeah, and then you got Mia Yim, who's also awesome, and she's, like, the, you know, it's, like...
0: Yeah, she, that feud's going to be done, too, because AJ Styles is out with a broken ankle, so... Yeah,
1: it's, like, dude, I don't know. I feel like, of of the last couple of years since we've been doing this podcast, weakest year for, for female wrestling. Yeah. For the main... For the main for the main productions, they need to do better in twenty
0: twenty three. Absolutely,
1: figure it out, and you should promote by promoting Bianca Belair. Right, start there. Like she should, she should fucking totally pin Charlotte.
0: Just I think I think she should. Just saying, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. This one's unanimous. Best tag team of the year, FTR. They had all the belts except for maybe
0: one except for the AEW title.
1: Yeah, but they put on all the best matches.
0: Yeah, like, they they've they, just been they've just been on a roll like Yeah, with, they, whether it was the
1: Briscoes or what they're doing AEW or whatever, they they've just, wrestled
0: across all promotions and like they haven't done one thing bad. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah, and even in when they had to when Dax Harwood had it, it was like, "Cool, I have to wrestle singles. I'm going to put on an awesome match." Oh, and he put uh, on maybe a, a top 10 match of the year.
0: So, yeah. Man, so that match with
1: Brian. I know. Like uh, honorable mention, um, obviously, I would say Lucha Bros, USOs. Yeah. Which is always uh, not not the Young Bucks. Get your shit together, bros. Not the Young. And, like, bucks. stop fucking around and let's come wrestle in twenty twenty three. Right. Which I would say,
0: it's the year of the Jordans. Yeah. Like the Young Bucks need to show up. They do. that. They've been showing up with these matches. So. I
1: know they have. That's why they're getting ready, but definitely 2023. I'd love to see a flaming Jordan. More Thumbtack Jordans. right? Whatever they have to do with their Jordans, but just keep putting on great matches. I want to see them. Um, this one I love. New for 2022 solely because of great. One of the best things that AEW did in 2022 was introduce the Trios program. And Best Trio slash Stable you put it, Death Triangle, Blackpool Combat Club. Blackpool Combat Club
0: is who? That is well, it was comprised of Lord Steven Regal, um, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and Wheeler Yuta, and okay. Claudio Casagnoli. Got it. So that's more of a stable. That's a stable. Death Triangle, obviously, trios. Trio. So yeah, we put. So I I, I filled in both.
1: I agree. I agree. I would say honorable. I don't disagree with either of those. I think these are perfect. Obviously, um, I would say honorable mention. uh, I like the United Empire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really good. I like the whole Osprey thing and then the the fucking Aussie Open guys. I thought that was really good. Um, You got to put the bloodline in there.
0: No, that's right.
1: Brawling Brutes, I love. Mostly because
0: of, um... I like him because of Butch. Exactly, dude. (laughs) He's the fucking. He's the one that he's the one that makes it. Like he's like a little Tasmanian devil. I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And then just like they put on really good matches and everything. So, but it's cool. I think both major promotions have really looked at having better groups to have cohesive storylines, and then. When you get three or four, five people, now you've got, okay, cool. Now we've got a women's match out of it, a tag match out of it. We can do some crazy, stupid match that we like to do, you know, and it works. And I think they need to do more of that because with so much talent, you got to move storylines without, ev- without people necessarily wrestling every single week, right? Right. So, um, best up and comer, I think we both agree.
0: Ricky Sarks. Yeah. I mean, all his matches have been good. And ever since he turned, like he, well, he was, he was on fire when he was a heel also, but ever since he turned baby face, he's gaining some momentum and he's been putting on great matches. He's good on the mic. Like, yeah, it's the, the crowd likes him. I don't, this guy is the future of the company. He, they need to invest in him properly.
1: Yeah, and I would say if we had this conversation in January, we would say Wardlow is the hottest and if you go back to the archives, I mean the way they the way they built him and the heat he had in his MJF feud was like yeah. And then he, obviously he's they, cooled
0: down tremendously. Yeah, they cooled him tremendously. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Then that's what I and if you could look in the archives, I called it like they don't know what to do after they get the payoff.
1: Yeah, which they don't is, know what to do, which is why I worry about Starks. Like oh, when, yeah. in 2023, you're going to say like, ah, oh, Starks. They didn't know what to do with the payoff, but he's like.
0: But I, he's, like, Ward, I like Wardlow. Rick, Ricky Starks is a different talent. Ricky Starks is more of a complete package than Wardlow. 100 percent. Like, so I think even if they do fumble with the ball with Ricky Starks, he can find his momentum. Because I don't, I just don't think this thing with um, Samoa Joe did uh, Wardlow any favors. And this is coming from a Samoa Joe fan. I think he should have beat Samoa Joe just outright. And that should have been the end of it. And because he doesn't need to have a long feud with Samoa Joe, who's probably seen, who's probably got more matches behind him than in front of him. Let's just put it that way. Probably. Like, I'm he just, has five matches ahead of him, maybe. Like, let's be honest. I agree. Yeah, I just I agree. I've been watching old school Samoa Joe wrestling matches, and it's like night and day the way the guy oh, wrestles.
1: I recommend everybody check the archives. One of my favorite uh match of the week's
0: was Samoa Joe versus CM Punk, Ring of Honor. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, and I get it. He's older and he's been yeah. and he's got a he's got a bump card, but it, he shouldn't be in Wardlow should be feuding with someone that like other than Samoa Joe, let's just put it that way. 100%.
1: All right, best surprise return. You say Cody Rhodes. That was what, he came back at WrestleMania? Yeah. Big pop, I remember. Big pop.
0: Big pop. I see you have uh, some differences.
1: Well, I thought that, like, it was more of a surprise when and Cross returned in his actual, like, NXT is, yeah. iteration, and I think that really represented Triple H. Like, I'm here. We're gonna we're we're fixing some of this bullshit.
0: Right. Because when right.
1: they brought Karrion Cross in with his like skirt, no, with Scarlet, the Gladiator just, still, I'm, yeah, yeah, like fuck that. Yeah, that, so was that was, was WrestleMania when 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 Bailey. That was a huge pop, and I did not expect that. R- right. And right, she right. brought back Io Shirai and.
0: Dakota Kai.
1: Dakota Kai. So, which nobody expected. Yeah. And so that was, I thought that was really big. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes, I think probably had a bigger impact as far as storylines and whatnot, because obviously he had that really awesome storyline with Cody Rhodes and you could see they were building him up for something better, but um, he got injured. So, yeah. I agree. I agree with yours, but I did really like both, the I thought Karrion Cross and Bailey, probably more so than Carrion Cross, because that was like WrestleMania. It was like, yeah, that's that had a bigger effect, but I I don't, I'm not mad at it. No, I think those are all awesome. And again, it's like, as much as we talk shit and everything, we talk shit on everybody, but we also recognize good things. This was totally dominated by WWE on this one. So, right. Just take note, everybody. All right. Wrestling, looking forward to 2023. Your number one thing. You want to see the son of Dusty Rhodes topple the tribal chief. He, I mean, he did
0: take the sledgehammer to the throne. He did. He did. He definitely did. I mean, I don't know if that's in their plans, but I sure would like to see it. I think Reigns has had a long enough title run. I, I think it's, it's way overdue to have him drop the title. And I don't. And I think the only viable person that he hasn't fought and hasn't lost to is Cody Rhodes. I mean, Carrying Cross is there, and I thought that was going to be a potential um, program when he put the hourglass down. But you never heard from him again. They haven't. They haven't crossed paths since. So I thought that I was kind of
1: weird. That was weird. And then obviously, there is the Braun Breaker. But I don't even know is NXT even a program anymore. It's on. It, it, it's on, but I don't
0: watch it. I no, might have to, I, thought- I might have to start watching because I heard Shawn Michaels is running it. So well, yeah, and I think the new day is on there. they're the right tag team too. champions.
1: Yeah. So I mean I guess so, but it's just weird. Like well, uh, I don't know. I have I, I don't have
0: enough hours in the day, so I I have to be careful of what I watch and stuff.
1: Right. Um, all right. So my thing. Are I want to see how Tony Khan books the MJF title run because I think this is like going to really show one, if he, if MJF is going to resign, two, you can really do. Again, like I said, I, I'm interested in what the future of NXT is going to be because it seems like it's really dropped off. They kind of sacrificed it to this Wednesday Night War. And lastly, I want to see what these TV streaming deals are. Um, but I got to take a quick break. I got to go, Peepers. All right. Yeah, and lastly, I think the thing I'm looking forward to for 2023 is definitely where they're going to take the (laughs) story into WrestleMania, because obviously we're talking about maybe Rhodes, but there's lots of rumors about The Rock. Who else they're going to try to bring? Has has a a few, you know, uh, surprise appearances, but also. I would say that's also on deck for Royal Rumble, but right. we'll get into that next month, I imagine. Yeah, this um, month,
0: later this month. What is I going to say? I heard that Reigns is going to defend the titles on both nights. That's a rumor I heard that they were going to be doing, but I'm not sure how much water that holds. But
1: I mean, I guess my big question is, what are they going to do when Roman Reigns wants to stop wrestling and months? Wants- <laughs> hollywood comes calling. is hollywood gonna come calling though
0: we yeah we said they would never come for john cena Um, i I, I didn't say that but i i just don't think roman reigns has the acting chops to go to hollywood i think he'd be a pretty awesome villain in some big time movies that's that uh, he could do like i mean because look I guess you're right because look at The Rock. He acts the same in all his movies and he makes a shit ton of money in every single movie. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. yeah. But it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah. either way, I feel like Reigns has more good days behind him than in front of them. Yeah. He's been around for a long fucking time. Like, like I just he's yeah. a spring
0: chicken. Where does he go? I mean, he's like 34 years old. AJ Styles is like forty-two. True, wrestling into your forties isn't the death sentence it used to be. But, but to your point, I I'm interested to see what happens to Reigns after he drops the titles. Because, like, you know, everything that his whole legacy has been having is on winning these titles. I just don't see what he's gonna do. How he's gonna, how they're gonna come back from, it. and maybe why this is why they're booking it so long, because they don't know what they don't know what to do either.
1: Well, and I mean, honestly, the way that's it been going, why would you,
0: why would you stop? Yeah, it's like not, there's it's, nobody. It's not a bad. There's nobody thing. more viable
1: than him, right? Like, no,
0: because they buried the whole roster. But, but I mean, who really, like, who really was there? Right, there wasn't really anybody. Because, and that's their fault, though. That's, yeah, that's 100%, their fault. Hundred percent, hundred
1: percent. But it's like until Cody Rhodes comes walking back through that door, Braun. Or they like if they move Braun Breaker up. Like the bottom line is the Rock. Sh- I mean, I guess I should not. This is not a guarantee.
0: There's no real reason the Rock should beat Roman Reigns. Absolutely not. I will be fucking pissed if that happens. God, I'll so, be
1: so so if you're move if you're going to WrestleMania solely for that, then you know that Roman Reigns is going to be the champion for at least another extended period of time. Right, right. So I think what I'm yeah. interested in, like you said, how do you book the next four months. Like, how does Royal Rumble go down? Who is viable? Does Cody Rhodes come back and win Royal Rumble? Right. Like, very possible. That's like, possible. Like, who's gonna be this? Like, there's just all these. Things and I, I, I think that is the most. To me, it's the most intriguing. Um, and then again, like the MJF title run, I think makes or breaks his his career. Whether he need. stays, yeah, I mean, it could just like the the bottom line is like he's not. He has a lot, a lot of faults.
0: But do you see him going to WWE and succeeding? Because they're not going to let him do half the things or say half the things that he says in AEW, and that's what puts him over.
1: No, I'm worried. I'm worried about him not. I'm worried about him not being able to do the job done in AEW and becoming Darby Allen. Say that again. I said I'm worried about him proving himself or book getting booked in a way that he does not seem like a viable top becomes oh the got out. it
0: got it okay you know
1: what i mean like <laughs> yeah. like i think that's tony khan's biggest thing is like you've had gold because he's always been the underhanded like now he's the guy like what do you do and you know he can't carry matches like he just can't. and, and as much as he's gotten better and we say he's got better he can't like so like what do you do he's not as good in the ring as Hangman page right like no. that's just the facts the truth like what do you do and like you can only get so far having your champion relying on paying crony, like all the shit that they've worked. You know what I mean? So I think it's a big. I think it's a big risk. I thought it was a big risk. Give him the title. I get that. I think there's a certain payoff involved in it, and I think they'll enjoy that. But like, I mean, when you got fucking like, you got John Moxley, Daniel Bryan,son Claudio Castagnoli, like go through the the list of people who should by all means be able to take the strap off him in any match, right? Like so to me that's gonna be really interesting as well. Yeah, I agree. But right, this is lo- this not, lo- not lo- to make this a love, we're not we're not in the love fests around here. So here's things this year that we thought were absolutely terrible. Badges, bad bookings, no particular order. Uh, and I would have to say, number one, my most disappointing thing is Bray Wyatt's
0: return. Yeah, what's happening with that? I don't even know. Like, Who is Uncle Howie? Why
1: is he even involved?
0: Who? It's, oh, Ellie Knight. He,
1: he got Sister Abigail the other night by this guy, like, and Ellie Knight's involved, like you said, like,
0: how, yeah, like what? What's what's happening? Like I just don't know what's going on. And I think the crowd is confused too because they don't know what to do. And uh it's just I'm it's been very lackluster to say the least.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy to think that like he he was the hottest fucking thing. Like yeah. not that long ago. Not that it wasn't that long. And this whole like this whole comeback has just been so terrible, like. Yeah, it hasn't been good. And I know that he has I know that he has a lot of input. Um and which is great. I think that's awesome. And you get but you know, sometimes you need an editor to be like, dude, this shit sucks. Like this is not it's, how we should just, be it's doing just it. not
0: going anywhere. It's stuck in neutral. Like and that's and that's what makes it makes it suck.
1: Yeah. It's like I agree. Uh number two. A.W. with their Jade Cargill title run. Terrible. One of the, yeah, worst, it's one of worst, the worst things, things of ever. All year.
0: It's so if bad. You have
1: somebody who you should be building and nurturing. She has all the physical traits that you want to be a dominant. And she's green. So what do you do? You strap her and make her not lose to anybody. And then the one feud, you put her against Nyla Rose, who's the, probably the only best or worse than her.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and it's like Oh, wow. It's like the best thing she had going for was in last year when she got to wrestle with Jack, like Jesus, like that's fucking terrible. It's just you know,
0: like the they're putting all in her in all these matches where, you know, who's that, you know, she's going to win. And it's like, there's no, and that's partially due to the roster, but like, cause she's wrestling Kira Hogan next week. And it's like, come on, dude. Like nobody wants to see it. Like everybody's tired of it. Again, you don't do her any favors. Like, no. Like, she's a young, upcoming talent.
1: Like, wrestling fans will remember this, and they won't like her. Just look at Roman Reigns. Right. You cannot shove people down their throats. They will continuously vomit it
0: up. Exactly.
1: Oh, recent. Yes, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, Child 14. It is terrible. It is such bullshit. It is such, what terrible storytelling and booking and lack of foresight.
0: Yeah, they called it. They called an called an audible, and it was a bad one. At that, like, yeah, we, I, guess, I guess what
1: I should say. More, it's not her title. It's more like a uh,
0: Rousey's bad failed title run. LeBron. Yeah, because I'm not gonna put this one on Charlotte. Like, I I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. And they tried, they tried to make her like the dastardly heel with her
1: sidekick, And they were like, and, but it just doesn't work. Like she's like Betty rebel said, it's like, you watch her. She doesn't love it. She doesn't really know what to do. And in the end, you're never going to have a crowd like her. Well, she's,
0: she, the crowd doesn't like her and she's butthurt about it. Cause she wants to be liked. so she tries to put it out on the screen about how she hates the crowd, but it doesn't resonate. And it just makes her a bad actress or actor. So I just think she's not cut out for wrestling and she's not, she wants to be liked by everyone. And the thing is, the way you carry yourself, people aren't going to like you. She carries herself in a way that's pretty arrogant. She shows that she, when she loses, she quits. So why would, why would the average person look up to someone like that? That's what average um, ham and eggers do every day is quit. So I don't know what else to say about that.
1: No, I agree. I agree. Number four. I think we both agree. The Jericho appreciation society. Terrible.
0: Very, bad. very, very bad. It's fucking the worst. It's very bad. It is bad. the
1: worst Jericho shtick. Certainly since
0: he's been in AEW. he's It's not putting anyone over but himself. Like, <laughs> I thought... the. He's doing things that the veterans did to him when he was coming up, and I mean, he put over Cassignoli fine, but, but
1: yeah, Cassignoli is like forty-five years old. I know he's not like young I a young enough and Like you know, he didn't put uh, he him just,
0: over. He just put over that guy, Action Andretti, though. But then he threw a fireball in his face. Oh, the wizard is back! The I wizard. do like the wizard. I do like, I like the wizard. The wizard is great. Basically,
1: I don't mind. Yeah, Jer- I don't even mind Jericho. It's the fucking his jabroni side.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's the people around him. Jericho, I, I like still, but it's like Anna Jay, Tay Mello, um, the two guys, the guy that looks like he's doing like mountains of blow. Um, <laughs> those guys, I can't stand. I even like Hager. Hager's funny. Dude, I like,
1: I mean, honestly, he. Of all all the people, he doesn't need the money. He's obviously fine for himself. But like, yeah.
0: he's found a really great shtick for himself. Yeah, he's he's fine right there. But all those other guys, nah, dude. And I loved his shit with his hat. The hat like, that yeah. was funny. I like the hat. That was like a good
1: like, you know. It's it's funny
0: because kick. he's this big, burly ass kicker, but then he's goofy, so it's, yeah. it's kind of funny.
1: And lastly, I hundred percent to me, like, I agree with this one. Nobody fucking wants Jeff Jarrett anywhere in a main event or sniffing around or on the mic, and we certainly don't need his wife either, which apparently is going to happen.
0: I don't. Why is he always? I can't get this guy off my screen for the like of me. I watched him in TNA. I've watched him in WWE. Watched him in WCW. Now in AEW, and the guy is not as good as he thinks he is. That's just the bottom line. And to have him featured so heavily, I don't understand. I don't get it. And it's not even, he's not even generating real heat. It's go away heat.
1: Yeah. And trust me, like there's not enough nostalgia around him to justify the screen time.
0: There's not. Like. There's not. There is. He's just, he's just not that good. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. He's not a good heel. He's not good all around. He's not so.
1: First half of the year review done.
0: Second half we're (laughs) going to have coming up to it to you shortly. Um, We're gonna our one of our goals this year is to have more episodes on a consistent basis. And while we're ironing out those kinks, you can have our still ballads of the Wrestlelockless playlist for your listening enjoyment.
1: I agree. It is fantastic. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Uh, episode one in the books. Episode two, year in review, coming soon. Thanks to all the rest of the out there. And uh, we got Since some we advice for you. Yeah, we got some advice for them.
0: Be kind to people. Oh, yeah. Support the environment and protect animals. And most of all, support the rest of the